All right, here we go. This is awesome. So this, uh, this is a new series I want to begin today. It's called Embracing Healthy Thinking. What you think about matters. Thinking better, living better. Um, this is what I want to kind of zoom in on uh, for the next uh, couple of weeks because the series I did just before was really important uh, when it comes to the foundation of who Jesus is. But in this pandemic time, we've been struggling with uh, mental health issues with individuals. We've, we've seen an upturn in animated discussions <laughs> with family members, uh, a little more fighting, a little more how do we focus our thinking. So I want to give some uh, really practical encouragement on, on how to think better and to embrace the importance of healthy thinking. And we're going to begin with this uh, um, first uh, devotional. Uh, I read this this morning. This came into my email this morning. And I thought, oh my goodness, I'm going to share this with Hope Fellowship. It is really, really good. Let me read it for you. This is from Henry Nowen. Um, he writes this uh, daily devotional I get. And uh, today's is what we become, we imagine. This ties totally in to what I'm talking about. So let me just read this for you. It goes like this. When I bring myself into the presence of God, I imagine him in many ways, as a loving father, a supporting sister, a caring mother, a severe teacher, an honest judge, a fellow traveler, an intimate friend, a gentle leader, a challenging leader, a demanding taskmaster. All these personalities create images in my mind that affect not only what I think, but also what I actually experience myself. I believe that true prayer makes us into what we imagine. To pray to God leads to becoming like God. The more we become, sorry, the more we come to depend on the images offered to us by those who try to distract us, entertain us, use us for their purposes, and to make us conform to the demands of a consumer society, the easier it is for us to lose our identity or forget it. These imposed images actually make us into the world that they represent. A world of hatred, violence, lust, greed, manipulations, and oppression. But when we believe that we are created in the image of God himself and come to realize that Christ came to let us reimagine this, then meditation and prayer can lead us to our, to our true identity. Listen, that, that idea of um, the image in our heads. Have you, have you ever done that when you, especially as a kid, you know, close your eyes and focus God on God. And I remember praying and I always imagine God sitting on a throne, like this big God up there, you know, big beard, you know, stroking his beard, listening to him. Okay. Here's another kid with a lot of requests. Um, it's an image that I had in order to help me focus, but I didn't realize I had misconceptions and you and I still have misconceptions of who God is. He's so much better. That's what the fa past five messages were. It was on taking a look at a better picture of who Jesus is, who God is. It's so much better than what we've been told. And so um, if we imagine God uh, from a place of him being ticked off or uh, if he's just 
you know, a, a God in a rocking chair who set the world in motion. Uh, we're going to live our lives like that. We're going to pray to a God like that. And w- what we perceive and see, we're going to get. And that was the point of Henry's devotional today. Uh, I thought it was quite profound. Um, so hopefully that hit your heart in a cool way. That was a, an extra uh, today. <laughs> I, I just loved it. I thought it was profound. All right. This next uh, uh, part here, this is, this is what happened to my family this week. We were talking through um, uh, places that we would like to be because we're all locked in our houses and we can't really go places, although yesterday... Anyway, I won't go anywhere. I'll, I'll leave that alone. I'll, I'll leave it on. I'll stick with good news only. Let's deal with good news here. <laughs> so peace of mind, which is where thinking comes from, right? What image comes to your head um, when you think of peace of mind? And my family and I chatted the other day about where, can, where would you imagine the perfect place to be right now if you could go to any of the places we've been to? And we thought of uh, Prince Edward Island. Uh, so this photo you see here is Prince Edward Island, fireplace on the ocean shore. You can see those big buoys uh, uh, that are there all around our fire pit. Um, then we had a picture of a dock uh, for a cottage that we went to for many, many, many years up on Eagle Lake. Uh, so hi, Jan- John Nancy, if you're watching. Uh, but those are two really big images that came to our mind when we thought of what brings us peace, what brings us joy, what brings a sense of calm. And those are those images. And I thought, this is important to imagine, to think through um, what does uh, bring our mind peace when we're not peaceful. Um, Because we have all these messages coming to our head from our news agencies and from people talking on the phone even in Zoom calls, when somebody gets all negative, and, and it's really hard. It's, it's hard to take that in, and, or you get sucked into it, and then the whole conversation becomes very negative. Um, I don't want that. I want to encourage us to realize that we have the power to control our thinking. Many people don't believe that. But this is from, a, a, I had this quote up a long time ago. Being thankful physically changes your brain. Being thankful uh, changes your influence, it changes your expectations, and it changes the outcomes in your life. When we are thankful, the, the, the scientific evidence that shows a physical chemical change uh, going on in our brains, when we focus on the intention of thankfulness, is remarkable. Go do some Google searches on that, YouTube searches on gratitude and the brain. You're going to be blown away. I'm not making this up. You can't, you can't find that stuff in the Bible. But the Bible does point to the, um, the value of, of guarding your thoughts and so on. That's what the series is going to be, be about. How you think and what you think about does the exact same thing. So if science has already shown us that um, being thankful can physically change the chemi- chemistry in your brain uh, and have an effect on your body, then equally what you are thinking about um, and how you think really does affect your physical body and your whole attitude. And uh, some of us may not uh, um, realize how important that is, especially during a time where we might be hitting some pretty low times. And it's okay to have low times. I'm not saying you're supposed to be a happy, happy, go lucky person all the time. In fact, I, uh, I came across an article a couple of weeks ago. I, I 
tried to find it and I can't. But this idea of thinking positively is not always the answer. And yet every positive thinking group or agency says you need to think positively. But there's got to be a rational balance here. Um, thinking positive for the sake of positivity is not enough. I think um, when we're thinking positively uh, on positive things, that it helps us. It's like the gratitude thing. But when we're told to just think positive and have self-talk that's, uh, I am good, I'm uh, I've got a great future. And you keep telling yourself this when it becomes a routine that becomes meaningless, it, it's lost its power because there are other underlying things, beliefs about ourselves that aren't being addressed. So positive thinking on its own uh, cannot do the work that you need done in you. Uh, it's helpful. Yes. It's a better default than thinking negatively by far. So, but, but to use it as a, uh, um, this is how you're supposed to think, um, be careful with the absolutes of that. I'm, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm learning, all right? So let's dig into some really encouraging scriptures today. This is where, I'll, where I'll, uh, I'm excited about. There's some really neat stuff here that you have heard before, but I want you to see it in a very powerful way. Philippians 2 uh, 12 to 13 from the New Living Translation is a reminder when we, when we start this whole series on, you know, encouraging us to th uh, that, uh, for healthy thinking. If you want your thinking to become healthy again, let's say you've, you're in a slump of depression, um, and I don't mean chemical depression. I'm talking about thinking depression of thinking negative thoughts. You you're, might be in a spin cycle of worry uh, as in constant worry. People worry. I'm not talking about, uh oh, I'm worried about tomorrow. Hey, uh oh, are we, am I going to lose my job? Those, those are concerns that we do need to think about. I, I get that. But when, we, when that gets ramped up and we get sucked into a cycle of that's all we're consumed with thinking, that is the cycle we have to pull ourselves out of. We cannot let those thoughts control us. We have the power to do it. So let's begin with the source. Who is our source if we're going to become healthy in our thinking? Philippians 2 tells us, it says, work hard to show the results of your salvation. It does not say work hard to get salvation. It says, let it come out. Whatever's in you, let it come out. Show it, prove it. Uh, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. And by the way, obeying God, some people think is, is uh, they don't want to do that. So, well, now you tell me what to do. Where's my freedom? Listen, this is not talking about taking away freedom. This is, talk, this is talking about expressing the freedom you have. And you may not even know the freedoms you have already. So when it's saying obeying God with deep reverence and fear, this is in response um, some people say we have a responsibility to obey God. Well, yeah, but what does that mean? Uh, you're not going to see the word responsibility in scripture. We're going to see instead, as Paul Anderson Walsh says, we're able to respond, response, ability, ability to respond. So the more we know who our source is, the better we can respond to our source. And here's the key verse for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. The reason this is coming up, and I'm going to show you a couple of translations from this, is because I want you to know the source. God is 
actively working in you. If you want to uh, have healthier thinking, it is God already at work in you. Do not think he is absent from you. and You need to beckon him to come. He's already there as your source. Let's read this from the uh, Passion Translation. I like this one too. This is really cool. Now you must continue to make this new life fully manifested as you live. The Aramaic can be translated, push through the service of your life or work the work of your life. That's what that means to be manifested. In the holy awe of God, which brings you trembling into his presence, God will continually revitalize you implanting within you the passion to do what pleases him. Listen, if you want to have healthier thinking, where do you think that desire came from? And don't say, because I brought it up this morning and I, I planted that seed. No, the desire for you and I to want to have better thinking patterns comes from Christ in us. He already started that in us. And so when I mentioned it, you already connected with it because God had already begun that work in you. By the way, um, if, if you're new to reading the Bible, this is this one I, uh, sentence here that says, In holy awe of God, which brings you trembling into his presence. This trembling is not the fearful, afraid of, oh no, I'm in deep trouble, trembling. This is the holy awe of God. Oh my goodness, I can't believe it. I've seen couples tremble at their wedding. Uh, the, the bride is shaking, her hands are shaking, or he, the groom is shaking because he's so nervous. He's trembling because he's excited. This is the trembling we're talking about. I love, love, love that. Let's read from one more translation. Um, this, this is from the mirror. Uh, I love this mirror translation. It, uh, it says it differently. Discover God himself as your inexhaustible inner source. There it is. I love the start of that. He ignites you with both the desire and the energy that matches his own delight. This is, this is why we read from multiple translations, folks. We need to see that we're not, that one translation cannot capture it all because every single translation of our Bible is written with a skew, with a bent, with a bias. Every single one, all right? That's just a fact. So when we see these different lenses, we're going to start to see a beautiful picture here. This becomes a beautiful tapestry of art uh, pointing to a beautiful God not a scary one. Verse 14 says, your entire life is a poem. Un, any undercurrent murmuring or argumentative debating would be completely out of place. Do not let such issues disrupt the rhythm of your conversation. Your flawless innocence radiates attraction as beacons of light in the midst of people who have forgotten their true sonship and whose lives have become distorted and perverse. I love how it says here, any undercurrent of murmuring or argumentative debating is completely out of place. Well, that's not going to go over well today. Everyone's thriving with debating and being argumentative. They love it because everyone's right. You have your own opinion. Well, guess what? The scripture is teaching us. Go, go read in a few other translations. Um, th there is no room for that when it comes to having healthy thinking patterns in your life. 
There's no room for it. When we're arguing and debating, we're releasing what we've been focusing on. And if we've been focusing on negativity and fear and conspiracy theories, that is going to come out and it's going to become toxic. And nobody wants to be around that. Uh, in fact, verse 15 here says, your flawless innocence re radiates attraction. So the peace of Christ is attractive. You know exactly when somebody is not at peace. There's a vibe they send off. Everybody sends off vibes, whether you know it or not, okay? Every single human does. Uh, children can read the vibes of parents. They know exactly when there's tension in the home. They're not stupid. They look like they're not listening, but they're feeling Everyone can feel. You can tell when your spouse is mad at you. You can tell when their, their shoulder is cold towards you. They don't say anything, but you've established a pattern to get a sense of energy and the vibes that are sent. You know when your boss is mad at you. You, you get that sense. There, there are certain triggers and patterns that are expressed. It's just humanity. It's the way we're created. It's pretty cool. Uh, so don't think just because you're saying one thing, but believing something else that they don't know what you're really thinking, because there could be a vibe sent. They may not know the actual words or thoughts you're thinking, but they're getting a sense of the positivity or negativity. It's, it's pretty clear whether it's articulated or not. Hebrews 8. Again, the reason I'm bringing these verses up is because I'd like us to see these words in Scripture. I want us to remember who our source is. And here in Hebrews 10, uh, 8, sorry, Hebrews 8, verses 10 to 12, this is the point here is it is God putting this in us. It's like what we read in Philippians, where God is the one putting the desire in you. Here it is again in Hebrews. It says, I will put my laws in their minds and write them on their hearts. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. They shall not teach one another or say to each other, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest, for I will be merciful towards their iniquities and I will remember their sins no more. This is a very, very foundational text on who your source is and what's already happened to you and I. What do I mean? Here's what we can learn from just this little text. You can go back and read it later again if you want to. But the key things are, number one, he's written himself on our hearts. Our identity in Christ matters. Number two, it's a, a proclamation or a confirmation of our union with Christ. He's already in us. And then he says he'll remember our sins no more. We're eternally forgiven. Our past, present, and future sins have been forever forgiven. Folks, half the problem with negative thinking is, is shame thinking. That's a predominant message that goes out there, including the idea, of, oh no, I've ticked off God. Has he forgiven me? Oh, oh, I've disappointed God. Those are foundational flaws that are uh, rampant in the world, okay? So that's why I'm bringing you these verses. So you can go back, not just right now, but go back later and, and look them up again. Discover that I'm not making this up. You can read it in your own, from your own lens, and I trust the Holy Spirit will tell you even more than what I'm trying to share with you. I'm sharing with you my lens of how I've come to see it. Now you need to go and see and learn for yourself. Keeping it simple, sometimes we have made the good news complicated. We have taken something that was so simple a child can believe, and we've made it really difficult. So if we want to get our thinking 
correct or we want to have healthier thinking, let's keep in mind who our source is in all this. It is Jesus. Listen to this here from Galatians 5, 5 to 6. It says, but the Holy Spirit convinces us that we have received by faith the glorious righteousness of the anointed one. When you're placed into the anointed one and joined to him, circumcision and religious obligations can benefit you nothing. All that matters now is living in the faith that is activated and brought to perfection by love. Can you believe that? This is, this is how good the news is, that the, the Holy Spirit is the one who does the convincing. You can't even convince yourself from ego if you try to repeat it to yourself a hundred times. The Holy Spirit's the only one that actually convinces you. So, you know, deep down, huh, something tells me this is really right. This is true. Instead of trying to practice all these religious practices that uh, sometimes we're told to do in order to become righteous or to get right with God or stay right with God, they're telling us right here, none of those obligations benefit you. Not a single one. So if you're doing stuff for God out of obligation and not from a place of authentic joy, or inspiration from the one who lives in you, you got to ask yourself, why are you doing it? It's really a good question to ask because it forces you to think, it forces you to wonder, where is this coming from? And for some of us, that's going to be really helpful to even begin that conversation. So more good news. In Psalm 19, verse 14, from the Passion Translation, it says this, So may the words of my mouth and the meditation thoughts and every moment, or sorry, movement of my heart be always pure and pleasing, acceptable before your eyes, my only redeemer, my protector God. That is a great prayer. I know I've prayed that prayer many times. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart. It's a song um, that we sing in a lot of worship services. Great, great words. Um, but it's the may my words. May the thoughts I have be pleasing to you. Now, please don't mix this up because it could easily be misunderstood that we're asking God to be pleased with our thinking, which could have a dualistic thinking that there is a time God is not pleased with us. Well, listen, God's not displeased with you um, at all. He's not uh, uh, disappointed in you. We, we've talked about what disappointment is. Disappointment is uh, failed expectations. So it's like your child. You know your child is, is going to slip up. They're going to ride that bike and fall the first time. Are you mad at your child for that? No, you're not mad at your child for that. You know, you have a deep love because you know they're going to grow up. They're going to grow into practice and skill in riding their bicycle. Same thing. May the thoughts I have in my head be pleasing to you, Lord. There are times where my thoughts are not pleasing to the Lord. Is he mad at me? No. But I, uh, more and more, I want to please my Heavenly Father. Uh, it'd be fun to make him creak a smile, you know, which he's, he's always smiling over us anyway. And when he's not, he's, he's upset at things that harm us, not at us, only at those things that harm us. And that includes some thought patterns. I can see God being upset with certain thought patterns, but not at us, at how the patterns hurt us. That I can see. So again, this, this is a great prayer from my heart. And the only way you can pray this 
is with the Holy Spirit creating the want in you, to want to be able to say these things. Let's take a look at Isaiah 41, verses 9 to 10. This is, again, Old Covenant, Old Testament reminder of God is the one initiating. For I have chosen you and will not throw you away. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. This is God's end of the deal. You have been chosen. I have been chosen. Yes, this was Isaiah's writing. But when we get to Christ in the New Testament, we're all chosen in him. It, this is a powerful picture. Don't ever think uh, that God's against you. He's not against you. Are you feeling weak? He'll strengthen you. Take a look at this one. Read the slower later. Isaiah 41 verses 9 to 10. It's good stuff. Next, John 14, 27. This is Jesus' own words. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. That is a tremendous confidence builder. Take a look at that again. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind. Can you say today you have peace of mind? Or are you allowing the things of this world to pressure you to uh, take over who you are and allow yourself to be consumed by those other contributions around you? It's time to stop that. It's time to call those thought patterns into check and say, wait a minute, that's not who I am. The source of those thoughts is not love. It is not my Heavenly Father. Where are they coming from? Well, we're going to talk about that in the coming weeks. I've got some great stuff coming up. This week and next is a great introduction. And then we're going to get into some stuff on how uh, to identify patterns that are unhealthy for us. But this here, John 14, 27, you've been given a gift. And he gives it generously without condition. Here in Proverbs, we read, trust in the Lord completely and rely not on your own opinions. Uh, here's all your heart, uh, uh, rely on him to guide you and he will lead you in every decision you make. Become intimate with him in whatever you do and he will lead you wherever you go. Don't think for a moment that you know it all. I love that line. Don't think for a moment you know it all. For wisdom comes when you adore him with undivided devotion and avoid everything that is wrong. Well, what's right and what's wrong? There is stuff that's right. There, is thing, there are things that are wrong, but it's Jesus in us that determines it, not us in our ego judgment. It says become intimate with him in whatever you do, and he'll lead you. You can trust God to lead you in whatever steps you have to do, job change, life change, moving, relationship change, uh, need help in a certain, certain, certain circumstance. He's there. He'll do it. And don't think you know it all. I think we got too many know-it-alls, um, way too many of them. Um, we don't want to be wrong. <laughs> we want to be right. But when we have the arrogance of know-it-all, it really messes things up. So take that to heart. If you're known as a know-it-all, maybe it's time to temper how you word things. I've gone through a years of constant change of uh, guarding how I sound and uh, what I look like to others, how I sound when I speak. It hasn't stopped. I have so much learning to still do. I haven't got it right. I'm still accused of stuff, you know. Um, I'm not going to get into it, but I tell you, my heart wants to please God. 
And uh, when I teach, I don't want to teach as an absolutist. So this is the way it is. I want to instead teach with a um, uh, serving a delicious meal. Here, try this. This is so good. You know, and you're welcome to try it or not. Uh, it doesn't mean my meal is the best meal. But do you know what I mean? Like, don't think we're right all the time. The wisdom that we get comes from loving God, responding to him. It's a powerful image. Here's another one from Isaiah 43, 18 to 19. I love this. Forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert. Be present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? There it is. I'm making a road through the desert, rivers in the badlands. <laughs> I love the line, don't, or it says, forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Many of us do that. We go over old history. We go over old hurts. We have a hard time trusting. And there are times where we should not trust people because they've hurt us so bad and we need to stay distanced from them, distanced from them. But there are times our mind gets consumed with so much worry of so many bad things that have happened. We just think we're committed to a life of misery and mis, you know, missteps. No, God's planning a path, helping you walk each step. And the more we can learn to listen for his voice, we're going to start to listen to the steps too and not make as many mistakes. Our uh, amount of mistakes are going to lessen slowly, slowly, more and more. There's hope. So if you're stuck in uh, kind of going through the old, your old uh, habits of, of thinking through all the problems you've done wrong, then please, um, time to find a new way to think. And again, the next couple of weeks, we're going to get into how to do that. How do we do this? <laughs> Psalm 46.10 says, be still and know that I am God. Be still. Calm yourself. Go to a place of quietness. I was out for a walk in a forest with my family, and it was quiet, like really quiet. It was crazy. We loved it. It was, it was beautiful. But as we walked, I, I felt stillness. I felt there's a calm here. And sometimes our stimuli around us, TV, radio, uh, internet stations being on all the time, whatever it is, it's always something running in the background. Maybe turn it off for a little bit. Find a way to be still. In order to listen to hear his voice, I think it requires stillness and this requires intention. This has to be on purpose. If this doesn't happen, someone else's intention will become yours. Trust me, it's really, really true. So Romans 8, 28, we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his design purpose. The reason I threw this verse in, uh, um, we've got one more after this, but there's a, there's a reminding that we need in our minds. Our minds need to be reminded. Our ears need to, need to hear it. Our eyes need to see this text. That to, If we're not convinced of this, stop right there and ask, why am I not convinced of this? Take a look. We are convinced that every detail of our lives is woven together. God's at work in this. He's not causing the pain going on around you. He's not causing the catastrophe or the car crashes or the loss of job or the sickness. He's not causing this virus. <clears throat> this isn't God causing it. 
but he is actively involved and you're going to see good come out of this in many facets. Yes, we're in the moment of great difficulty. And whether it's real, perceived or not, whether some people will say whether it's a conspiracy theory or not, it's irrelevant. None of that matters. What matters is what are we thinking about and how are we loving others around us? That's a focus. Last verse, Philippians 4, 8, 9. Summing it up, friends, I say to you, you do best by filling your minds and meditating on things that are true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not the things to curse. Put into practice what you've learned from me, what you've heard and saw and realized. Do that, and God, who makes everything work together, will work you into the most excellent harmonies. What a beautiful thing. Some of us don't like to be told what to do. I don't want to be told that I'm reading too much news. It's like, don't tell me that. I can figure that on my own. I don't need somebody else telling me what to do, which means my pride is uh, amped up a little too high right now. I don't want to be told that I'm wasting so much time arguing with this person or that person on what's going on in our current culture. Listen, are you a child of God? Do you have the living Christ dwelling in you? Let me ask that a different way. Are you aware of the presence of Christ in you? If the answer is yes, Take this seriously. When you become down and worry starts to take over and you feel a tension, the energy is, is, is uh, uh, going at a lower frequency and you're going, oh my goodness. Um, take a look at what you're thinking about. What are you meditating on? What's causing this emotional response to what you're thinking about? This is great encouragement. I hope you'll take it to heart. Next week, we're going to dive into some really helpful stuff. We're going to talk about um, uh, how to move forward in, in healthier thinking. Um, picking apart some patterns of thinking that uh, are very common. Uh, we, we've talked about this before here at Hope Fellowship, but it's time to talk about it again. It's been years since we've discussed this, this content and now it has a new lens. It, it, we have some practical, uh, a practical way to practice this now. Um, with this pandemic going on, with people being upset, uh, in fear, in difficult, difficult situations, this is the time to yield our emotions and fear to God and let him deal with the outcome, even though the journey is painful. He's not absent. He's with you, holding you, even crying with you as you weep through the rejections in your life, as you weep through the hurt that's being put on to you emotionally, physically, you name it. This is God at work with you. You're not alone. So join me next week. I look forward to uh, covering more good news uh, as we take a look at this really awesome topic. Um, I, I trust that uh, you were encouraged today. I know I was, and we will catch you uh, next time on part two.